It was a Giants thrilling victory. Music to my ears in the Music City. Saquon returned with the vengeance. Brian Dable with the big boy move to go for two. And a little help from a missed kick. And the Giants win 21-20 over the Titans out in Nashville. We're going to break down a tremendous win for Big Blue to start the season and how it all went down. Lots to do on a victory edition of the Blue Rush podcast from the New York Post, presented by Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. And it's all coming up next. Jones to the end zone, touchdown! Chris Myrick, his second career touchdown, brings the Giants within one. Shovel, Barkley breaks a tackle, dives in for two! Giants take the lead. The kick by Bullock is on the way. Oh, it's and it is no good. He missed it to the left. And the Giants leave a season opener for the first time in six years with a win. How was I feeling? I was hoping something to miss it. (laughs) Big Blue, I want to welcome you guys to a post-game victory edition of the Blue Rush podcast. It's our Giants podcast from the New York Post. This episode of Blue Rush is presented by Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. So go ahead. A lot of you won money betting on the overs. Go ahead and visit a Cadillac showroom today. What a win for the Giants. And I want to shout out Fox for those highlights. The Giants winning the thriller down in Tennessee, 21-20 to over the Titans. And they get the season rolling with a 1-0 start. The first time in six years the Giants won on opening day. I'm the new guy, the rookie on the Blue Rush podcast, Brandon London. But your boys are back for another season. They're in the saddle. That would be the Scotsman, two-time Super Bowl champion kicker, my favorite kicker. Let's give it up for Lawrence Tynes. And this guy's been covering the Giants since camera phones were even out, ladies and gentlemen. He's been with the New York Post since 1994. Paul Schwartz is here. And our producers, of course, are back. The resident drummer, Andrew Hartz. And of course, he wrote it in the script, so I have to say it. He's the pod father, Jake Brown. Ah, I got a chance to watch this game with David Tyree the first half. Didn't know what to expect. All I can say right now is a lot of Giants fans are going to call in, use their PTO days tomorrow because they're still celebrating. Lawrence Tyne, let's kick this thing off. What were some of your thoughts? Wow. Well, this game was a game of two halves. I was so pissed off watching this football team in the first half. And then the second half came around and just something about this team, I I just figured they were going to get it going. And obviously they did. It turned into be a a spectacular game, a spectacular win for this franchise. And like you mentioned in the opening, first opening win in six years. That's hard to fathom. You know what? When I was watching this game, there were a couple of things. Obviously, we all saw the first half offensive disaster, no points. And, you know, you think, you know, more. I, I was very much hesitating from, you know, trying to compare it to last year and other years. You know, every year is its own year, right? Joe Judge and Shermer, you know, they have nothing to do with this team. So I can't lay that stuff on, on Brian Dayball and this team. But when they were coming down a stretch there and they scored and I'm looking, I said, OK, tie game. You know, they're going to give them enough time, 106 to go kick a game winning field goal. And all of a sudden I'm looking out in the field and the offense is kind of lingering, lingering, lingering. And, and, and it was funny, Saquon Barkley said his eyes met Brian Dable's. And then he saw Dable put up the two and their eyes met. And Saquon said he told Brian Dable, F yeah. Very interesting. I mean, I was almost shocked 
that he went for two there. That is not the norm in this league where you tie the game on the road. He sensed it. He did it. He vowed to them. I asked Dable, when did you know you were going for two? He said, the minute we got the ball, if we scored, we're going for two. So, Lawrence, didn't that surprise you that, you know, he puts yeah. up that be, be only there. only because you don't see it very often, but having listened earlier to, in the game, but not at the end, right? Yeah. Having having listened to what he said post game, you can tell he's playing with a different deck of cards. Like he he he's different. This guy is he, he I wouldn't say he's a gambler. He's not like a, a Rivera or some of these other coaches, but he's gonna play to win. And this team needed it. I'll tell you what that you can change a culture pretty early in a franchise. And I think he did that today. That was a franchise altering call to go for. Right, no, wait, now what happens if they don't get it? What happens if Saquon gets, I, I don't mind it. I, I don't, I don't mind it. I, I really don't. You're on the road. You're an underdog. You, you're trying to build this thing. I think it sends a message to the locker room that we're here to win. And, and so Obviously, we could play that game all day long, and unfortunately, they did get it. But, I mean, that that is going to – and then you see the the videos coming out of him in the locker room. This is a new day and age for Giants football, man, and I think the guys are excited. Well, you mentioned LT, how he's playing with a different, like, deck, deck of cards. Almost just like he has a confidence of – he's playing with the house money right now if we want to stay with the, the gambling analogy. You know this first year, all you have to do is show some sort of improvement – within the offense, within the team and the win-loss. But then again, there's those just moments, like you said, setting a culture as a coach. This is how I get my teammates to rally behind me. It's not about, you remember what the Joe Judge was, all right, take a lap if you mess up. That was me, that was him implementing that sort of Belichick-type culture. This is Brian Dable coming in, rocking Jordans, you know, wearing the cool sweatpants, listening to Kadarius Tony's music at, at, at during during practice, you're showing that I'm a player's coach in that sense, in terms of the culture, pop culture side of football and sports. But now I'm going to give the ball to my best player. I'm going to ride my hot hand right now. Heck yeah, we're going to look at each other in the eyes. We're going to go for this too. We're going to win this game because at least if he do he doesn't get it, yeah, Giants fan, people will be upset. But again, you look at it and you're like, you know what? I kind of give you props for that, for even because you 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 won't see that you haven't seen that in uh in years and seasons since then. So he just looked like he was playing with house money. Yeah, you know what though? Here's the thing: there's time left after that, right? And we've seen this story before. I've written this story before. They coming down the field. There's no pass rush, right? You know, their two edge rushers are not playing. There's no pass rush. You know, they throw the ball down, you know, down to the sideline. They're getting out of bounds. They're doing some good things. And, you know, when he completes that pass to, I guess, Phillips on the left side, Darnay Holmes, you know, pushes them out of bounds. They get to the 47. You know, one thing is the Titans kind of screwed around there. Don't you think so, Lawrence? You know, he loses. Some bad, yeah, there's some backlog right? management. Late. He loses two yards. I mean, this is not a, 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 a short field goal. He loses two yards to make it a 47-yarder. Then they, you know, they, they center the ball. They're lining up. They ice them. Okay, we've seen all that before. If that ball goes through the uprights, I'm thinking this is more the same. Julian Love said when he was lining up for that field goal, he was thinking, why does this always happen? You know, why does this always happen to us? But he said, I thought he was going to miss it. It's because he said it's a it's a different team. I thought something was going to happen. Now, Lawrence, on that field goal, they put a pretty hard rush on. Do you think that affected him at all? Some of the players in the locker room thought that they rushed him a little bit. No, not at all. No, just a miss. That doesn't. That's just no. yeah. That 
you don't look at the rush. You just the snap, the hold, the kick. You don't. You're not concerned with the rush. If they think that, that's good for them. But the rush doesn't really. You're not staring at the rush. If you're staring at the rush, you're gonna miss the ball. So that doesn't really have a bearing on them. At that distance, what is it right now? Eighty six percent, something like that. Eighty five percent for that kind of kick. But to your point, though, I'm I'm with uh, Julian Love. I thought here we go again. Right. That's what I thought as a Giants fan. Now, I thought you know I think back to Graham Gano beating us with a sixty three yarder. That's about when all this bad stuff started. Now he's on our team. So maybe we're just kind of turning the tides a little bit. But I certainly thought Randy Bullock was going to make that kick, especially after the big play to Phillips. Is that who that yep. was, that receiver? Yep. And Darnay Holmes had a pretty bad series there. So uh, we'll get into good and bad. But, yeah, listen, they're fortunate. They're on the other side of this thing. You know, that's the NFL. I, they should never, like you say, never apologize for winning. It was almost like Daniel Jones' first start, first win against Tampa Bay. Remember, they went down, they scored Tampa Bay with the big pass to Mike Evans on Janoris Jenkins. But then Bruce Aarons ran, we, we, he had the, uh, the delay of game and then backed them up five. And then the Tampa Bay kicker missed it for the Giants to get that win. So it was just one of the, but like you said, Paul, you don't see that enough. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't get those type of moments enough with the Giants. Between Jake Elliott's 60, what was Jake Elliott's 61 with the Eagles? And then Graham had a 60. I mean, it was just time for us to, to have a kicker miss a field goal. And, and and these guys, I mean, he went for that too there. He said, you know, because of 26, there's a lot of that. You know, I mean, the guys in the locker room were so excited for Saquon. Saquon was less excited for himself than the player. I mean, I mean, Sterling Shepard goes, man, we got the best back in the league. Now, look, they're feeling it. You know, this is right after the game. You know what? I think that was the best game I've ever seen Saquon Barkley play. He was so you know, he made some big runs, but I think a lot of them were on his own. He finished uh, his runs. And, Paul, you know, I've been very, very critical of yes, him. Yes, you have been. Yeah. And, yeah. and and I'm not one of those guys who said he lost a step. But I, I did question his want to last year, and I think he did, too, by his own admission. He said, you know, it wasn't in the, in the game. I wasn't feeling it. And, and it is good to see him back because I think – he needed this more than anybody, not the football team. He really needed to go out there and say and, and prove that he believes in himself, that he can do it again. Because obviously he's had a lot of injuries and he went out there today and rightfully so they can say that he played like the best back in football. I mean, the explosive plays, right? We haven't seen those in a couple seasons. And this is just the tip of the iceberg with this offense. I think you get him in more space when this offense gets rolling. He was explosive, but he more importantly, he he took the two, three, four-yard runs that he he was trying to bounce in years past with a completely different offensive line, and, and those guys battled up front. They got off to a really bad start. We can all agree on that in the first half. But then they settled down. I think guys were nervous. There were some young guys up there playing. So, listen, I'm back on the Saquon Barkley bandwagon. Hey, there were two running backs, right? There were two starting running backs on the field. And if I asked you, you know, after the game, who do you think you're going to be talking and chirping about, Derrick Henry or Saquon Barkley? And Barkley said, you know, I know who's on the other side. You know, I'm not playing against him. But it wasn't that long ago where Saquon Barkley was the first pick in fantasy football drafts. And he was the guy, you know, and he's not has not been the guy for several years now. So, well, it was key to hold him on. It was key to hold Derrick Henry, obviously, under 100 yards because there was something like 22 and two when he rushes for 100 yards. And I think we just held him under that. So, uh, we never really let him get going. This, in hindsight, if you think about Ajalari and Kayvon Thibodeau missing this game, this is probably the one game where it was probably okay in a sense because they are going to run the ball a lot. So, 
Um, I thought those guys up front played their butts off. Some of those guys, I don't even know half the team anymore up front, but they played tough. You know, that Jihad uh, Ward? Yeah. I thought he had a really nice football game. And some of these young guys, they played really well. So, uh, Hey, one more thing about right, right at the end, uh, Brandon, I, you know, I just want to um, – at the end, first guy I saw in the locker room was Kayvon Thibodeau. You know, he didn't play, right? He's hurt. You know, he hasn't made his debut yet. And he was – he was all pumped up. He was said, man, I was so nervous. I was so nervous. And he said, I went to Dayball afterwards and I said, man, I need a cigarette after that one. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I don't know what he smokes or if he smokes. It's funny because college football is a completely different animal to pro football. In every game, if you watch, we all watch, we all love the NFL, but every freaking game comes down to the final three to five minutes. And guys, you learn to deal with it. But I think for young guys, it is nerve wracking, especially when you're you can't do anything about it. A guy like Kayvon, I mean, he's sitting over there watching just like we are. And and he he better have a whole carton of cigarettes because you're a giant, bro. All, All your games are coming down. Your whole career you're gonna need like it. that. But but talking about that front seven, what you say, I think uh Derrick Henry ended the night with 21 carries, 82 yards. That it's not great, it's it's not good, it's not bad. It's 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 3.9. If you were to tell me that Derrick Henry was going to average 3.9 yards per carry, I wouldn't believe it. But Dontrell Hiller kind of the backup running back, Dontrell Hiller kind of exposed a weakness going into this game. And that was our linebacking core, what we were worried about on that defense. In space, though, only in space. Only in I take Crowder surprised me with his physicalness in the run game. He he, he I I never knew him to be a, a physical downhill linebacker man he played a different brand of football today uh, with the run now he got exposed a couple times in the past game but we can fix that but he certainly I thought that was a mismatch you know I thought that was one I put a star on on Tay Crowder this week looking at the film I'm like how is this guy going to help us in the run game and he really he really played well you know there's a lot of guys on that defense that played well and let's not forget you know Blake Martinez who they cut his strength is not in coverage. You know what I mean? So, you know, maybe he would have been better than Austin Calitro was in that first series there. But his, you know, we've seen him get beat by an elusive running back in coverage, too. You know, he was a run stopper, sideline to sideline guy. And you figured he would be the guy they would miss the most against Derrick Henry. And they played well. Look, they had some issues, like you mentioned. Darnay Holmes was rough. He had a rough game. A lot of grabbing, um, yeah. But, uh, you know, but this is not, you know, what this is not what Wink Martindale wants to do. You know, you could tell he didn't have his guys. They could not. And all I kept thinking in that last minute was fourth quarter pass rush, right? That's what we always hear about fourth quarter pass rush. It's not there. It's going to lead to their demise. And it's team. why Von Miller is in Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, you got to have those closers or whatever you call them. If we could move on from kind of the good and the bad, I really want to kind of get everyone's opinions on Kadarius Tony. You know, I'm sitting there and, and people are texting me, and obviously we see the tweets and we see the, the the people on Twitter asking why he's not playing. And I don't have an answer, but this is my theory, and I'm just going to throw it out there. If, what do you play? Seven snaps, Paul? Is that the number? Seven snaps. No targets. He got. I felt like he got plus. the ball only two times. Twice, yeah. And he made a really heads-up play. Uh, you know, my son was asking me, why didn't he throw that football? If you didn't see that safety rolling over the top, that was a hell of a smart play. Most guys would throw that. Listen, with, with Kadarius Tony, I go back and forth because he is such a polarizing guy, talent, whatever you want to call it. But every time we ask about injuries and is he getting traded, there's something there. 
And I don't know what it is. I don't think we'll ever know. I don't know if he doesn't know the playbook, Brandon. Maybe you could speak to this. But a guy that that's talent, that talented that doesn't get to play, I mean, play seven snaps. And, and Dable can get up there and say it's scheme and fit and all that. that that's fine. That's, that's a nice answer for you guys. But I, I just don't get it. There's something – I don't know if it's behavioral. Is he late? Is he an on-time guy? I don't know anything like that. But he did play, so I don't think he really got disciplined for not showing up to stuff. They just don't believe in him. That's all this is telling me. I don't think they believe in him and that scheme offensively yet. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not one for conspiracy theories, but I'm going to go I'm, – I'm with you. There has to be something there. I you see anytime this guy touches the ball, he shows how dynamic he is. You see that stop and start. He, you just don't have that. That's Percy Harvin ish. You know, like not every guy comes into the NFL can just stop and start like that. Is it the playbook thing? It can't be because if you're dressing, that means you got to know the playbook. That means you have to know, like you, 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 because if a couple guys go down, you're now a full time starter. He had a camp. He made plays throughout camp, Paul. We've seen videos of him going up top as recent. Uh, there was a bad ball by uh, Tyrod Taylor in one-on-ones or Aaron Robinson, but we saw him uh, accelerating from Aaron Robinson. We saw him put his foot in the ground on Sauce Gardner at the joint practice. It's right there. Like it, he's, I think he's shown enough in terms of talent-wise that he belongs on the field with at least six targets a game. But if he's not touching the ball, he is getting his first touch in the fourth quarter. Is the knee – are you trying to preserve – I'll take I'll take another heavy dose of Richie James. I mean, that kid – I know he's not Kadarius Tony. He is not Kadarius Tony. But I'll tell you what, his returns today, his ability at the receiver slot position, he played well. He played really well. So maybe – are we saying that that guy's starting in front of Kadarius Tony? I, I'm, he is at right now. Yes, he is okay. starting over Kadarius Tony, and it's I probably would, because he knows what to do more than Kadarius does. That's that's what I'm saying. These receivers, Brandon, you know this. This offense, the receivers, you know, there's a lot of options, right? There's a lot of things they have to know. I think the root of this is that they don't think that he knows it as well as some of the other guys. I mean, that's what I think. We asked Brian Dable, is he healthy? Like, I don't think he was going to play 60 snaps anyway. You know, he he did not build up to that this summer. They had guys in and out of there like crazy. You know, David Sills was out there. He didn't have any targets thrown to him. Galladay had what? Galladay had um, two targets, you know, two catches for 22 yards. You know, it, it was a rough offense, you know. It was a rough passing game. It really was. Slayton, and- Slayton didn't even get a suit. Well, I knew he wouldn't. He's not a, he's not a special teams guy. He, he can't, you know, they have seven receivers. They can't dress all seven. You got to dress guys who are on special teams, you know. But so, I, but I could see, you know, this is going to be revolving. But, yes, the fact that Tony is the guy who's the first-round draft pick, you know, Shepard made a couple of really big plays. We've got to talk about him. You know, I mean, did anyone not feel good when Sterling Shepard caught that ball and deked that guy when he ends up? You know, he's been through a lot. He said today – it was a lot of dark times and I was going through this, you know, a dark time. So, you know, I think everyone felt good for, for Shepard. You know, look, I think I, I think we don't, we're learning Brian Dable. You know, he's going for two. Uh, he is, you know, he, he puts the, the rookie in, you know, they have, they have you know, he says we're not going to have a rotation at guard. And then, he, you know, after two series, the rookie's in and, um, you know, Ben Bredesen is out. You know, we don't know what he's doing here. We're going to learn him. And this Tony thing is interesting, but I think a lot of it is on trust, what they've seen and what Tony doesn't know yet. Be interesting to see how Tony keeps his head up and what his attitude is, because, you know, things were pointing up 
after the preseason. We thought he was going to be healthy and, and be a factor. And, you know, seven snaps is just not it. So it, it goes into what Tom Coughlin used to say, no and no, you know. I don't think they, they have the confidence in him knowing and knowing he knows the offense. And then on top of that, it's a, every guy gets a road is every receiver is in the rotation. And then on top of that, you're going to have to look at these receivers. I don't think there's going to be a 10 catch guy in a, in a game unless it's guys are down. I think it's going to be, all right, Shep, you're only getting two balls. Kenny Galladay, you may only get two. This guy, you may only get two. It has to be, a, it better be a big play. You better make the best out of it because it's just a receiver by committee type situation right now. And just going to the Sterling Shepard thing, when you talk about the dark times, it's just, I think that's why he and 2-6 have that brotherhood together because I think they both were going through those dark times. You know, that's the kind of, that kind of, I believe, played into the why he kind of questioned his why uh, uh, times because it's, just think if you're getting hurt, team is no good, you're reading, you're reading the noise, you're, you're, you're human, you're going to be in a dark place, you know, in that sense. So for both of those guys to have games like that and Shep, nine, less than nine months back in the lineup and you make possibly the biggest play of the game, huge, huge for him. Hey, you know, and what, one thing about Tony also not getting snaps is don't forget, Wandale Robinson went out in the second quarter. You know, he's got a knee injury. I don't know how severe it is. You know, we're not going to see him for a few weeks or, or more, obviously. You know, I saw him out, walk out of the locker room. He looked okay. He said, I'm good. You know, we've heard that before. You know, knee ruled out right away is not good. So, you know, that's an interchangeable thing there. And so that, you know, that's a setback. You know what I mean? You know, they, they, they threw, you know, they didn't throw to Bellinger. You know, this offense, I mean, it's amazing they won the game. Saquon played great. They got one deep ball down a field. Did you guys notice on TV? I didn't notice it as much. I had to see it on replay. Well, I want to know what you thought of it. Then I'll say what Dable thought of it as far as, you know, when he went to the sideline and Daniel was sitting there and, you know, he, there was no kid gloves there, you know, after that interception, that was a bad interception. What do you think of Dayball laying into uh, Daniel a little bit? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Cause nobody's done that. Nobody's done that with them. It, it's been the kids gloves, right? So those are off with Brian Dable and, and you need tough love. He's going to love you when you play well. And he's also going to get into your, you know what, whenever you make poor decisions and you cannot make poor decisions in the freaking red zone, Daniel. We asked him, you know, yelling at Daniel. He said, oh, no, no, I was yelling in the headset to the coaches. <laughs> he wasn't now, even on the headset. Did you the see the video? Replay, he was yeah. on the headset. He walks to Daniel. He rips the headset off. And then he talks to Daniel. So, but, but you know what? Then he kind of came back to that a little bit. You know, he kind of said, okay, that was BS. Cause he said, I asked Daniel, what did you see? And Daniel said, I thought I had a back shoulder option there. And I like what Dable said. When is the last time a head coach said this? When Daniel said, I thought they had the back shoulder there. Dable said, that's not what I saw. But he said, look, you're the quarterback. You're the guy with the ball. You know, we're going to get the ball back. You're going to make a play. That's right. You have to criticize sometimes. That's not what I saw. There was no back shoulder opportunity. It's there. the only way you're going to get better in this league. Yeah. If you have to be held accountable and you have to be able to handle a coach telling you, Belichick's famous for it, right? Calling you out in team meetings in front of your teammates. Tom Coughlin, we had the nameless, rankless, right? Where you go in there and you could talk to your teammates and say, hey, you messed up on this and all that stuff. So I think it's a big deal. I felt like, you know, previous coaches have kind of coddled him a little bit. This is his audition for this coaching staff and a new contract. So 
They want to see what he's made of. And this is my offense as well. Like he's still feeling, as as Dable, you're still feeling some sort of a pressure to where they brought me in because of what I did with Josh Allen. I cleaned up, but Josh Allen still as talented as he is. But I cleaned up what he was doing his first two years. So I think it's the same thing. And Paul, remember during the preseason uh, that that throw to Kenny Galladay against the Patriots. And Dable has said that he had got on uh, Jones and he was like, to his credit, he didn't even tell me that he had a bl- a free rusher right there in his face, but he still was just like, okay, I got to be better on that. And that's what you're just going to, if you're going to wear the Jordans, if you're, if you're going to play the rap, you're the Kadarius Tony, young Joker at practice, you still have to, at the same time, be a disciplinarian and you still have to have that respect in the sense to, hey, if I'm getting on you or if I'm if I'm coming at you with a little bit of heat, it's not because I don't like you. It's not because we're panicking. It's because I believe you can play better and I want you to play better there. So I look at that as one of those situations. And again, we, I don't think he, he's seen that. I don't think Jones has seen that. Uh, with the, with some of the past coordinators he's had, and I think that's going to be good for him going forward. It, it, I mean, it just it has to be. Otherwise, if your quarterback can't take that type of low pressure criticism from a coach, especially when you just threw an interception at a at a, at a pivotal point, then you can't have success out of it. And I think he's going to get the most out of Daniel Jones. Hey, did you guys hear? Um, um, you know, Brian Dable was very emotional after the game. He was he was telling us a story. He's kind of holding his. He's got like a crucifix and something else, like a little thing on his on his um, you know, that he wears around his neck. That's you know, it's funny that, that it's it's a special moment because it's my first win. But last year, coming here for the Buffalo game, I lost my grandfather uh, on the airplane as I was landing. So you know, that was uh, that was weighing heavy on me after the game. Are you saying weight, your weight was weighing heavy on you after this game? Yeah, yeah. You know, when, it, when he missed it, you know, I thought about them. It was, uh, you know, I'll come for much. Uh, and those two people helped me get to where I am, so. A lot of tears in this locker room last time you were here, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was a tough one, but different story this one. His grandparents brought him up, you know, out in the Rochester area, right? His, his grandparents, that's what raised him. And he said, I didn't have much. I didn't come from anything. And they, you know, they're the reason I'm here today because they, you know, they believe in me. You know, they, he was very close to them. So he, he said when Bullock was lining up for that kick, he was thinking of his grandfather. And when that kick missed, he said, I was, you know, touching my things. And because I asked him and he actually got him to laugh. I said, what were you thinking? Well, what was they? I, said, I said, what were you feeling when he was lining up for the field goal? And he said, what was I feeling? I said, I, I hope that son of a bitch misses it. That's what yeah, I was that, feeling. That was you the know? best line of the press conference, to be you honest. Like that? I hope, yeah, that, that, I hope that son of a bitch misses you it. You just it's don't hear coaches openly say that. Yeah. Very often, which was pretty yeah. cool for him to say. But you know, but but he was emotional, you know. And then he said, We got I have a lot of work to do. You know, it wasn't perfect, but you know, in the locker room afterwards, Barkley brought them all up and gave game balls to Dayball and gave game ball to Joe Shane. Saquon, Saquon should have given a game ball to himself. Well. You know, Saquon, that, that was a good move by then. And, you know, you want to talk about a, you know, a new era and a thing. And with these two Buffalo guys coming in, they both got a game ball. I mean, it's 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 13 nothing, you know, and, it, and they're losing and they're not scoring and, and they're playing the Titans. And, man, if you're the Titans, right, you look back at this and say, how the hell did we lose this game? Good Lord, man. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, you know, they they just, they kept at it. 
they kept at it. They kept believing. They got some big explosive plays between Sterling's and Saquon's run. I mean, they had some really big chunk plays that we haven't seen for a long time around here. So, and then they started to believe once they got it close, you know, I think it was so important that they held them to those two field. 13 is, you know, obviously this is lame. It's, it's less than two touchdowns. So if you get the, get a stop and they scored, which is what exactly what they needed to do, then you feel like you're in the game again. You know, that game could have got away from them if they, they would have done anything with that third quarter drive. But I thought that defense competed, man. I know they they were on the field a lot too. Uh, tackling uh, King Henry is no easy task. And so hats off to everybody. Uh, special teams, I'll touch on them a little bit. You know, the big punt return. The hang time, kid, right? Yeah, hang right time. down the middle. Hang time was not great. But I'll tell you what, <laughs> Jamie Gilliam, holy cow, did he have a ball game. Five or six balls inside the 20. He caused the fumble with a funky spinning punt, left-footed. Man, he has effortless 60, 70-yard power. I mean, he is – his his one problem, though, is he does kind of – hit some low liners down the middle, I think is kind of what happened to him in Cleveland. But, man, he had a hell of a football game. That was fun to watch. He he punted really, really well. He had a lot to do with this win today. And, again, right, and, and you know, uh, Panic, the new guy, gets the fumble. You know, you know that was that was big. Big that play. Was- the bad snap by Kreider. Kreider, you know, that was odd, I guess. You know, you hadn't snapped a field goal snap in, in a long time. But, yeah, you can't have that. can't have those silly mistakes, the big punt return and the bad snap on a PAT. They came back with the big punt return in the uh, fourth quarter with Richie, Richie James, and then they got that fumble. So it was kind of like it was balancing itself out. Again, like you said, it was a tale of two, t- it was a tale of two halves for, for that entire team. And, it, I mean, it, it, you look back at it, you look at it, with the opportunity with the Carolina Panthers coming in this week, Baker Mayfield, he doesn't scare anyone, you know, in that sense. You think you're going to get at least one Aziz or a Kayvon back. Giants defense, and then you hear the news with Dak, Dak Prescott. I'm not trying to look ahead or anything. I don't want to be one of those guys. I promise myself, Paul. That's our, that's our job. But it's, it's, it's hard not to. You're looking at this could be a 3-0 and start. Because look, no one's trying to do any overreaction. Brandon, you just said a 3-0 start. Oh, good Lord. Oh boy! Oh boy! Am I doing too much, Paul? After that win, am your I? Your coaches, your coaches would have. I mean, look, it's fun. Look, I, it's it's they're one and zero. It's an incredible thing they're one and zero. Like I said, when they were lining up the field goal, I said this is the worst story. This is the they played well. They showed some grit, and they lost again. Right? They lost again. The ball goes through eighty percent of the time on that kick, maybe higher. It goes through. They lose. And it's another loss. And look, they got lucky. They made some of their own fortune. It's a good thing. Almost nobody had this penciled in as a double. That's all there is to it. So they lose that game. They lose that game twenty to three last year. No question. No question. Yeah, well, I look, look, here's the here's the difference, right? I don't want to get on Joe Judge too much, but the last thing thing we remember about Judge Judge is doing quarterback sneaks on back-to-back plays, right? And in the first game, the new head coach is pointing two, two. We're going for it. Down one on the road. Down one on the road. If you don't get it, the game is over. And he said, you know what? I believed in it and I would live with the consequences. Look, I agree that that if he didn't, if they don't get it, if they get stopped short, now that you want to say, what's the play? He said right away, I asked Mike Kafka. Mike Kafka made some good plays. I thought the call to Daniel on fourth and one, you know, they're going to give it to Saquon up the middle. That was a good play. You know, he gets two yards, Daniel, that reverse spin. That's a good play there. And he asked them right away, what's the play? What's your call? They had that call. They knew Saquon was going to get the ball. That little shovel pass was good. It did not break wide open, 
but it was open enough, you know, Saquon, you know, and you know what? They were feeling it at that point. The offense was feeling a little bit. They had just scored. So he felt the momentum, I think. Mike, Mike Kafka called a hell of a game, I think, for first-year offensive coordinator, right? I mean, yeah, I thought he was composed up there. They showed a lot of shots of him up there in the booth, and he did a really nice job. My concern with Daniel on some of these plays is, though, his slide is horrendous. I mean, can we get the slip and slide that Joe Judge jumped on with the mud and teach him how to slide again? Because he, he, he looks like he's going to hurt himself again. He doesn't know if he wants to go head first anymore because of the neck or butt first or, you know, and he didn't look nearly as fast. The first series, right? The first series, I thought he was going to get killed. Yeah. Two runs. He got, he took hits on the first two series. They got to clean that up. There's no question. They yeah. If clean anyone starts comparing Daniel Jones to, to Josh Allen, just look at Josh Allen in space running with the football. That's not even a comparison. No, it's but not. we need to nip that in the bud. Daniel can run a little bit, but he's not near the athlete you know, side to side that Josh Allen is. Definitely, definitely want to see him. Definitely have to see him get down. So before we close this out, though, your Blue Rush game balls, go. Man, I'm going to stay on the special teams. I got to give one. The other one you guys can have. I got to give one to Jamie Gillian. You know, six punts, 50, over a 50-yard average, five inside the 20 with a turnover. So, and that was a big, big turnover late in the game. Uh, you're only giving out one, Lawrence? You're so cheap? Oh, yeah, I'll just give out one. I'll let you guys handle the easy ones. No, well, you look, guys yeah. were not going to pick a specialist. No. So I got to look out for my people, you know? And he's Scottish. I mean, this doesn't get any better. He's Scottish. This is unreal. Saquon is the easy one. Look, he's got to get a game ball because, he, he, you know, he gave one to the coach and the GM. So Saquon's got to get one. And I would say I got to pick out someone on defense. Um, you know, I thought Dexter Lawrence played pretty well. I thought he played pretty well. You know what I mean? This that was whole not front a game. played good. They played okay. You know, they, they, they you know, I, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not as high on Tate Crowder as you are. He did have one big hit. He did. I know that. He kind of spun him around, you know. But I, I would give it to – I got to give someone on defense. I'll give it to Dexter. I'm looking forward to the edge rushers coming back because I think this was really Wink Martindale light. You know, he didn't – you know, he had uh, sent pressure, I think, on one play uh, in that last drive, and it didn't – you know, it did not hit. You know, they, they're going to have to pick that up a lot, but um, they need those guys in there bad, really bad. I'm going to give it, obviously, the 2-6, but uh, Sterling Shepard. As well, man. I think we're going to see a lot of him being implemented into this offense a lot more, get a lot more targets because he's always been a guy that Daniel Jones is like throwing the ball to. But I think just that play right there just goes to show why he's the longest tenured giant, what he means for this team. And like, I just see that as a leadership moment, you know, to sometimes you don't have to be a rah-rah guy. You just got to be able your story in itself is going to be able to, to propel you into that leadership role. And I think just his story is, is going to continue to make this, this his teammates better. Yeah, one more thing on Sterling, Paul, and I think you'll agree with this. I think people take to him is because if you put Sterling Shepard in a Giants uniform in the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s, and today, he could play football. Like He would play for those teams. He would be a guy that just fits in. He, and Sterling Shepard, I think the greatest compliment anyone can give somebody is they're a football player. And Sterling Shepard is a football player, and I'm happy as hell that he had a game today. He said, when I came here, I didn't know anything about losing. We won all the time at Oklahoma. You know what I mean? So he came here. His first year was good. You know, what was interesting. What I always noticed about Sterling was he came in and Odell befriended him, right? And they were good friends. But he never was about Odell. He liked him. But he, he Sterling, you know, stuck in his own lane. He never became too much of this, too much of that. He's a good, he's a good player. I mean, he's not a great player. He's a good, steady player. I think he can be a winning player. And he got hurt too much. You know what I mean? He got hurt too much and he's back and he had to take a pay cut. Look, Achilles used to be one year. A guy would go down with Achilles. I'll see you in 12 months. 
this was less than nine months. He worked his butt off, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind saying that I like seeing Sterling Shepard do good things. You know, he's he, he's a class act. Absolutely. All right, we got the Panthers coming into town, but don't you guys worry because the three of us are going to preview Giants-Panthers on Thursday's Blue Rush podcast. But before we close it out, your favorite Scotsman, Tynesy, is bringing back that Scottish accent to close out this episode of the Blue Rush podcast. Let's go, Tynesy. And that says cheerio to episode 107 of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Andrew Hartz for producing this lovely show. New episodes of Blue Rush drop Monday mornings and Thursdays. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, our favorite word, Stitcher, or wherever you get your bloody podcasts. Videos from the podcast can be seen on the New York Post Sports YouTube page. That's a lot of words. So subscribe there, you filthy animals. Follow the crew on Twitter. Everyone's got Twitter. At LT4Kicks, at New York Post underscore Schwartz, at Brandon London TV. For Polly Schwartz, Brandon London, Jake Brown, Andrew Hartz, is there anybody else for God's sakes? I'm the Scotsman, Lawrence Tynes. We will return to your eardrums on Thursday to preview the undefeated Giants home opener against the Panthers. Thanks for listening to Blue Rush. Let's go Big Blue. He said it was too cold to do anything outside, so he jumped on his trampoline at his house with his kids for two hours a day, and he practiced tackling them.